0: This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, let's talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy, and my guest today is the eminent Hollywood director, Mr. George Cukor. Mr. Cukor, as you know, has just won an Oscar as the best director for My Fair Lady, which also won an Oscar as the best picture. Mr. Cukor has directed such memorable motion pictures as Dinner at Eight, Little Women... Camille, David Copperfield, The Philadelphia Story, Gaslight, A Double Life, Born Yesterday, and A Star is Born. He has also directed such great stars as John Barrymore, Katherine Hepburn, Greta Garbo, Leslie Howard, Cary Grant, Joan Crawford, Norma Shearer, Spencer Tracy, Ingrid Bergman, Judy Garland, and of course Audrey Hepburn. George, dear, I am delighted to have you with us today, and congratulations on My Fair Lady. It is a beautiful, beautiful picture.
1: Well, thank you. I'm very happy to hear you say that.
0: Oh, it is something. It is just a, a great painting. It, it, it will live forever. Well, you Beautifully get... done. I wish someday I'd have a chance
1: to work with you, Mr. N- Kukul. Now, you know that's being coy. You know that uh, that I really love it. and This isn't just being polite.
0: Well, we got to find the vehicle, that's as yes, they say. And we've
1: gone uh, back. Should we go back into our past a little bit?
0: Well, uh, how far back do you want to go?
1: Well, three or four years <laughs> when you came out here to Hollywood. And, yeah. uh, now, you know, it's interesting me coming to this this lot. which used to be the RKO before you bought it and owned yes. the whole thing. And uh, it's rather a sentimental journey. I'm going around and say, well, that's where my office was. And that, and that's a projection. It's like touching a sawtooth. tooth. Yes. But it's, it's lovely and I'm delighted to be here. I'm and he the was only... the boss.
0: <laughs> I'm the only one that still calls it RKO. <laughs> I, I'm the one that forgets to call it Desi Lou. George, I want to ask you something. Yes. It has been said that Greta Garbo's performance in Camille was the finest of her career. You directed it. Now, what... What was the magic of Garbo, to your well, way of thinking?
1: in The Lady of the Camellias, it was that perfect meeting of the part and the actress. She was born to play that part. The, the poignancy of her and, the, and everything that, every quality was made to make that a great, great performance. And in that part, I believe, for one of the few times, she showed... Her own, really her own personal feeling. I think the, the part so inspired her that she made people cry, which I don't think she had done very much in her career. They'd been fascinated by her and charmed by her and dazzled by her. But the question of making people moving them to cry, I don't think that had happened in many of her pictures. She was unbelievable, her beauty and her feeling when
0: she was before the camera and uh, yet we don't have a chance to know her or see her. I guess you do. Um, It's one of the things I'm interested in. Do you ever see Greta Garbo?
1: Yes, I do. We're friends. I haven't seen her for a couple of years. She genuinely is genuinely shy. I don't think she's very happy, really, as a person. There's no reason why she should be unhappy. I think it's congenital. And I'm not sure whether she isn't right to have retired to leave that absolute perfect memory of of herself. You know, uh, talking, to go back a little technically about the performance, it was so interesting the uh, the way she suggested that she were dying of TB by just the discreetest dry cough, and then she put a handkerchief up to her mouth, and you somehow knew that she was dying without any any great moanings and groanings. It's all a, uh, she had a kind of hypnotizing effect. She was a real, real movie star, real born to be on the screen. She
0: has great taste enormous in everything taste that she and does.
1: distinction, enormous distinction of carriage. And I think that's what every great person uh, has to have. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't be human, uh, but every great person has that, that, they, they keep you a little at a distance, no matter how charming they are. And I'm going to embarrass you. You have that as a great, as a great comedian. You have uh, a... Uh, there you are, perfectly human, unpretentious, accessible. But yet, uh, there is something that you slightly withhold. And what, what is very interesting is that when one is laughing at you, and all the jackanapes and things, somehow you touch people's hearts. And without that, you know, there's no comedy. That is the great secret of comedy. Knockabout comedy, that's all right, and that's fine, and low comedy is marvelous. But at one moment, the, the comedian, I love me telling you all about comedy, well, it's but the, the greatest compliment I've is, ever had, well, please keep comedian, going. <laughs> well, the comedian suddenly touches your heart. And and without it, you cannot really be an important actress and, and, and an important comedian. That is, the, to me, the great essence. Of
0: Thank you. It. Thank you, Mr. Kukor. That's very, very, very nice to hear. How do you think some of our newer stars stand up under the test of time, Mr. Kukor? Will they maintain, do any of them even have the old Hollywood star image?
1: Well, I think that image has gone out of life, really. I don't think there are any great, glamorous women. I, I think life has become more rough and tumble, more hurly-burly. And I think the the last great glamour girl in the world uh, presently is uh, Mrs. Kennedy. We've lost our, our way somehow in producing these women.
0: Well, it's a loss of mystique, for one thing, I guess. Uh, we don't hold very much back anymore. And I think in Mrs. Kennedy, there is that Undefinable something that you were talking about. I but uh, most of the young people uh, that come into the business now are, well, you can put many names on it, but they tell all. Yes. And they show all. Yes. And they give all all the time. Yes. And there's yes. nothing held back, like you say. No,
1: that, uh, I have a friend who's a writer, and he talks about a big personality. He says, so and so has a secret and that is frightfully important. And that happens in every way. I was doing a a practical thing, I was doing a scene, and there were supposed to be seven or eight cardinals. It was a meeting at the Vatican, and these were very good actors. And we had a, a Monsignor who was telling us what to do. And then he said to me, no, 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 there must be more distance. Distance, he meant more distance. They mustn't just lay it on the table. And you can be human, you can be uh, that. Uh, appealing, but there must be a dignity. I tell you who is supreme in that is uh, darling uh, Audrey Hepburn. Yes. She has that enormous distinction.
0: Dignity. Yes,
1: and she has that inside, the bearing and the nothing haughty, very human. A funny thing about Audrey, when I begin talking about her, I'm, I'm devoted to her and respect her, uh, I make her sound rather dreary and worthy. You're not, going to,
0: you're not going to make her sound dreary uh, to me because I think this is one of the I, greats. Yeah, she's and I it. adore her. And can we talk about it tomorrow? Our time is up today. Oh, yes, I'd love to. It <laughs> goes gladly. fast, doesn't yes. it? <laughs> okay, I have been talking to the one and only Mr. George Cukor, one of Hollywood's eminent directors of some of our greatest pictures. Please be with us tomorrow. Bye now. Hi, this is Lucy and my guest today is Hollywood director Mr. George Cukor, one of the great star makers and movie makers of our time. His latest motion picture, My Fair Lady, is just another outstanding example of the great artistic talent that has given the screen a long and notable list of films, from Camille with Greta Garbo to A Star is Born with Judy Garland. Mr. Corr, my dear, it's so nice to have you as our guest again today. Yesterday you were telling us a little bit about Garbo, and you uh, included a lot of other greats. Yes, you uh, including
1: Miss Lucia Ball. <laughs> I must
0: you. Uh, give that. You, you wound up with, or you started talking about, Audrey Hepburn. Now let's continue with one of my favorite subjects, Miss Audrey Hepburn, the star of My Fair Lady.
1: Well, she's the most adorable, intelligent, girl. As I say, I make her sound awfully worthy and dull. I I seem to get a cathedral hush in my voice. (laughs) And there's no reason to, because she's very unpretentious and very human and very reasonable and very fair, which uh, I'm going to be drummed out of the director's Uh, (laughs) guilt. Actors or actresses are not always uh, very fair. The ladies, I find, are much fairer. the gentlemen, they're much more reasonable. You could talk turkey to an actress, but uh, gentlemen are not always quite so easy. I wonder
0: why that is.
1: Well, I don't know. I've just, uh, they call me a woman's director, and now I'll have to be a woman's director because men won't work with me after coming out about this. <laughs> I do like to talk, I'd like to bring up another lady who is a great friend of both of ours, of Catherine Hepburn. Oh, indeed. Their, their woman talks about, talent and dignity and distinction. She has all of that with the most enormous humanity. I know that you two work together. Yes.
0: So, I saw her recently. Have you seen her? Uh, yes,
1: I see her very often. In fact, I talk to her at the unbelievable hour of quarter of seven, quarter past seven in the morning. She's a very early rise, and so am I. We have these very spirited conversations that oh early in the I? morning. goodness. Yes, yes.
0: Well, she's very spirited, period. Everything Katie has ever done has been very
1: spirited. And Uh, very, she's the most wonderful human and tender friend. You know, she really is. If she listens to this, I. in fact, I'll put her on to it and listen to all this (laughs) and she'll blush.
0: (laughs) I love her dearly. She helped me when I first got started here at RKO, and she doesn't really know how much she helped me because she's never one to sit and listen to a compliment of any kind or never agrees that she has been instrumental in helping anyone in any way. You know, she runs from anything like yes. that. May
1: I tell you a little story about her? We were doing a picture called Adam's Rib. It was with Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, and there were a lot of new people in them, uh, Judy Holliday, for one. Yes. And, uh Judy Holliday was very anxious to play Born Yesterday on the screen. This is before she did it. And uh, then she had a wonderful part in this thing, and suddenly things began appearing in the gossip columns. Judy Holliday is stealing the picture. Judy Holliday is stealing this. Judy Holliday... And uh, I wondered what this was, because it was not like Judy Holliday to blow her own horn. I discovered that Catherine Hepburn had told Howard Strickley, who was the head of the yes. public relations, she said, put those things in. And sure enough, Harry Cohn, who was the president of uh, Columbia, who, before this, wasn't very anxious to see Julie, <laughs> uh, I remember wasn't this. Wasn't that marvelous?
0: Absolutely. And that's what Kate did. Yes, and she's done it before, for yes. other people. Well, it's amazing. Hope, let's hope
1: she does something for us. Uh,
0: <laughs> George, how do you feel about the so-called temperamental actor or actress? Um, You mentioned that uh, women, uh, you absolutely feel certain about this, uh, to you, are are much easier to work with, but there are people that deserve the the title temperamental. Um, How do you feel about temperamental people?
1: Well, I think a certain amount of nerves, I understand, I'm very sympathetic with, but there should be discipline, and I think people who just throw their weight around, and there are very few of them that last. Very few, as you know, uh, because we are in a business, really, and it is, we may call it an art, but very few of these people are very intelligent because all that, it's self-destructive, I think.
0: And time-wasting.
1: Oh, yes, it's, it's I wicked. I think
0: the average uh, public, for instance, uh, has a different connotation of the word temperamental, I, think oh, that I like people
1: who have temperament. That is very interesting. Yes. But temperamental, as they think that all actresses are smashing mirrors and, and say... They,
0: they think that they're temperamental means always hard to get along yes. with. Yes.
1: Well, I think they, that shows, to me, it's another way of saying stupid and undisciplined, and you can't really make a big career that way.
0: The, uh, the people, um, for instance, that we mentioned that you had directed uh, throughout your career, we had a long list uh, yesterday. For instance, to my... Mind come to me as uh, all hard-working, predictable
1: yes, performers. Yes,
0: Maybe, yes. but perhaps with the exception of John Barrymore.
1: John Barrymore, curiously enough, was one of the most tender, sweet, and charming people and very generous and very helpful to me as a younger director. Really? Wonderful, wonderful. How? Well, for example, when I worked with him in the Bill of Divorcement, Uh, He was the, the great star, and I had this enormous regard, having seen him on the stage, that he was the greatest Hamlet, and, and he was, he encouraged me. He, if you made a suggestion to him, no matter how strange it seemed, he gave it the greatest consideration, and, you know, I think a director can make an actress... Be that much better if he, just in his attitude, says, well, this may be pretty bad, but I expect you to be absolutely great, no matter what you think, you are going to be good in that. Well, Jack Barrymore did that. You can do that to a director. You see, they very often talk about how do directors handle actors. Well, I think an actor to handle a director, that also is an art.
0: I believe that. I'm for that, Mr. Cucor, And you certainly have said something that a lot of young people aren't even aware of. Uh, people starting in the business today don't think that they
1: have to handle anyone, let right. alone the director. But, dear, now I want to ask you something. Let us both go back. I go back much further, of course. But let's go back when when you start. Uh, you're full of beans, and you really think the older people are awfully silly and rather dodo. Sometimes I work with young people, and I wonder, well, isn't that peculiar? Uh, they're not even curious about, it. Uh, about But... Then I realized that there's such a cha- difference in our age. You see, let's say they're 20, and now I'm 26 or 27. <laughs> anyway, if but if I were within any reasonable time, I would know whether they were scared, whether they, what they were up to. To me, very often, they strike me as being heedless, rude, and uh, but that is because there is a great gap in our age, so we must always be very careful not to judge them. I must say, some of them strike me as being absolutely idiotic.
0: Yes, but you mentioned one word, that curiosity about... What makes people tick, or what uh, the show is all about, or whatever, I think is a very important element. Our time is up again for today, can you believe it, George? Tomorrow we shall continue, okay? Lovely. Fine. My guest today was Mr. George Cukor, and I still have a lot of questions. I want to ask him about a lot of very wonderful and interesting people. Mr. Cukor is going to be with us tomorrow, and I hope you will be too. Bye now. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today my guest is Mr. George Cukor a Hollywood director who has brought us many, many outstanding hits throughout the years and has directed just hundreds of famous stars. To name some, Mr. John Barrymore, Catherine Hepburn, Greta Garbo, Leslie Howard, Cary Grant, Joan Crawford, Norma Shearer, Spencer. Spencer Tracy, Ingrid Bergman, Judy Garland, and, of course, Audrey Hepburn in the very current My Fair Lady.
1: George, thank you and for Rex coming Harrison. back today. Rex Harrison. And
0: Rex Harrison. Yes, we
1: must not. I don't
0: know how I left his yes, name sir, out. I'm
1: sure you've heard one of out. His his
0: one of the greatest stage stars and and picture stars of our time, Mr. Rex Harrison. What is he like to work with?
1: Well, I think he's charming to work with. I, I must say I've been awfully saccharine on all these all these these various interviews with you. He's uh, he's uh, very imaginative. He's has he has temperament. Uh, but But put to good use oh, very conscientious very, very intelligent and really modest self-critical he can be outrageous at times but he is a great artist I would just be dazzled working with him, dazzled and you see with a man like Rex Harrison you just make a climate where he can work. Uh, he has difficulties, for example, he was worried about this part. He said, I've never done a part on the screen that I have played on the stage before, and I want to make it spontaneous, and I want to make it fresh, which indeed he did.
0: That must be very difficult after you have played for a very long time on the stage in a very big hit, and to have to then recreate for the movies, which is a much slower pace, and give it the spontaneous uh, feeling that he certainly did. I wonder how he
1: managed it. Was there a key that you were aware of? Well, in the first place, uh, he was lucky because it's been three years since he played it. That helped. That helped. Then he tried to do it freshly. I found about him that uh, he was, uh, for all his experience, he was rather nervous. And uh, I found he'd give everything in the rehearsal. And then I, I said, no, no, just, just go through it. Just go through the movements. Don't play it, don't play it, don't play it. Then I found that the first take, he was a little nervous. Second, third, fourth, and fifth, just great. Now, if he went on from that, he would like to go on. He'd do it as often as you wanted to, but he'd had it. But Rex did understand when it was, when it was spontaneous, and I think that's where the uh, director comes in. Now, you don't have to really tell Rex how to read a line, but you have to make a climate in which he, he, can, he can work easily, and also he must have some confidence in you, so if you say, well, that really wasn't all that good... Mind you, any intelligent person say, yes, yes, it was terrible, let's do it again. Yeah. Well, Rex was like that.
0: That's amazing. It has it's that little bit of dissatisfaction with uh, with a performer that makes him get as good as he is eventually. I noticed it in the uh, in the stage play. I saw it three times with Rex. And uh, always the excitement, always up there, at fever pitch, you know, top performance. Yes. Always, never slacking off, no, never just no. walking through a performance. no,
1: no. And that you there is there is a sort of something quite different to be uh, critical and w- expect the best from yourself, but there's another kind of terribly destructive thing which is belly aching where people moan and groan, gripe, gripe, and that does them in. It's finished. Yes. I wish I could tell people out of the you know the difficulty of communication. Sometimes I see people falling into all kinds of errors. And after all, we're not here to, to yes, we are. Well, we try to and. Uh, if one could only say, look here, you are barking up the wrong tree. You know, and occasionally I do that when I'm angry, <laughs> when I'm angry and impatient. I said to one young lady, I said, you know, I've seen generations of bad-tempered girls like you, and one never knows where they are. And, uh, but I think it's all a sign of intelligence and discipline. That's very important. And goodwill.
0: Yes, it's a discipline that they never got in early life and they just think they can jump into this. They think
1: this business is so easy, don't they? Oh, dear. No. They don't
0: think it takes any preparation and, and
1: or no discipline at all. And character, you must have character. Yes. I think it's awfully difficult, I've said this before, to to cope with great success. Much more to, difficult. And to cope with failure. Absolutely. And you see people in this business, they have to cope with greater or more success than most people are ever ever faced with.
0: Adulation.
1: Adulation, dizzying success, and those very people go into the depths of despair and they have to cope with that. Yes. I've seen so many people do that.
0: Indeed you have.
1: How and long have you been in Hollywood, Mr. Cucor? Well, I arrived on my nurse, in my nurse's
0: arms. <laughs> Directing 19- at the time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes <laughs> I did.
1: In 1929. And well, s-
0: you've seen the great ones come and go. Do you miss the old studios, the old way that we all sort of had a family of our own? You know, run by the big sort of families in each studio. We don't have it anymore.
1: And I think we've lost something. I know that we all griped about the boss system and what about this. I didn't. Well, you didn't. Well, are you sure? Yes. I don't remember. Anyway. Yes, uh, I liked it. I well, welcomed of it. Of course, you're a big boss now yourself. Well, so I, like,
0: I, I felt secure, like a lot of the, the, the young people that were starting. I liked having the family. I liked having somebody up there in the front office that, that ran
1: the whole shebang. Yes, and who has really, really looked after your interests because you were an asset. And they, they planned a career for you as best they could.
0: They must you, have cared or you wouldn't have been there.
1: No, and I think they created an awful lot of people. And a lot of people today, if they had that kind of nurturing, because the star... Uh, not only has to be directed, but a star has to be produced. A woman has to have the right background. She has to be made to feel right. She has to feel that people are interested in the long-range career, and that they did supremely well. You know, there is something interesting. I I, I like young people, and there, there's a whole new career of very arty, intense young people. They call them film historians. And they talk to me as though I were a prehistoric uh, monster of some kind. <laughs> and they, they say certain things about certain pictures they liked, that they admired. And they talk about the golden years of Hollywood, this and that. And then, in a different const- context entirely, they say, well, of course, it was so awful, the bullying of the studios and that terrible factory system. Well, I said, the pictures that you were speaking so well of were done, produced under that precise system that you're of railing against.
0: They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they missed and I'm, it's gonna take a long time to get any of it back again. I can certainly see why you are one of the greats, Mr. Cucor. You're a very gracious, very very wonderful man. And I repeat, one of these days, I'm going to work with you, George well, Now I I'm gonna my... get
1: put under your spell. Listen, I have my own, this I regard as a contract, now that you have a studio, and I'm going to come here tomorrow morning, ready to work.
0: Oh, <laughs> good. Now you
1: see what you did.
0: Yes, and I'm all for it. Our time is up again today, and I wanna thank you so much, George. You are charming and wonderful, and God bless you.
1: Thank you. I'm very happy and very proud to be here with my old friend, whom I respect and love. Thank you.
0: Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.